Do you, as a disability mom, wish you could communicate better with your child? Do you wonder what your nonverbal child is thinking or feeling in their body, in their head, in their heart? Do you wish they could tell you when they're anxious or scared prior to them showing you the actual physical symptoms? These are questions that I know a lot of moms ask themselves, especially if they have a child considered nonverbal or unable to communicate via speech. I think what's so great about my next guest is that she invites us to have hope, to have hope that we can connect and communicate with our loved one with disabilities. Darcy Day is a mom of a son with Down syndrome, and she is also the founder of Brand New Day. It's a practice dedicated to helping people, specifically with Down syndrome, learn the Speller's Method. So Darcy is a practitioner of this method, having started it with her own son about three years ago, and he is now one of the leaders paving the way in the spelling Down syndrome community. Now, I need to tell you that the Speller's Method is somewhat new, and some might consider it on the fringe of what traditional speech therapy practices entail. But the success that she has had with her own son, as well as her clients, all of whom have Down syndrome, I don't think can be ignored, which is why I wanted to have her on the show. In fact, since the recording of this, I have had several other moms reach out to me asking to be on the show to share the success that they have had with their own child and the Speller's Method. Sometimes we in the disability community need to get creative and look outside traditional practices for solutions that can help our kids be the best that they can be. And I think that this is one of those areas where we need to start investigating and we need to be open-minded and encourage a shifting of our mindset that our kids with Down syndrome they know a lot more than we give them credit for. And I think over time, we are going to start to see this community really blossom with all of the therapy and the options and systems and supports that we are now able to provide them and will be able to provide them. So if you have a nonverbal child or one that just struggles to communicate via speech, Grab your cup of coffee or settle in in the driver's seat as you drive and get ready for a really enlightening episode with my next guest, Darcy Day. Welcome to Especially Organized. Welcome to Especially Organized, Sensible Solutions for Special Needs Moms, the podcast for all those busy moms out there who, like me, take care of kids who have a little something extra, and in the midst of all that extra, want to lead a more organized and present life. Whether your child has medical complexities, an intellectual disability, or neurodiversity, I am here for you. My name is Angela O'Brien, and I'm the parent of a 19-year-old daughter with Down syndrome. I know what it's like to have too much overwhelm and too little time when you're trying to manage all the pressures and responsibilities that come with a special needs child. Using my experience and skills as a professional organizer, each week I will bring information and encouragement to help you move through your clutter and reclaim what you deserve. So let's get started. Hey, are you a parent of a loved one with Down syndrome? 
Have you ever wanted to be on a podcast? Well, then I want to hear from you. Literally, I want to hear your voice. Send me an audio message that I can include in an upcoming special episode celebrating not just the one-year anniversary of this podcast, but also World Down Syndrome Day, which is in March, March 21st to be precise. If you go to the show notes and click on the link, you will be directed to a website where you can easily record on your computer or on your phone your response to the following question, and that is, if you could go back in time to when your child was first diagnosed with Down syndrome, what would you tell yourself? I would love to hear your response and I will be including it in an upcoming special episode this March. So please send me your responses. I would love to hear from you. All right. Well, today I'm so excited to bring a new friend that I have met over the internet, actually, a fellow mom of someone with Down syndrome, who I think is actually the same age as my own daughter. But welcome, Darcy Day. I'm so happy to have you. And I would love, I've given the listeners a little bit of an intro, but I would love for you to tell us about yourself and tell us about your family. Well, okay. Like Facebook, right? It does connect people. I so know. I'm really glad that yeah, it's turned out to really work well for me. And yeah. Just- really great people. So thanks for having me on your podcast, Angela. Um, so about me, I, um, I was a teacher formerly for about 13 years. And, uh, and after that had my first son, Brady, who has Down syndrome. And then um, we adopted another, uh, a child, Grace. Um, she's from Korea. So she's 19. Brady is 20. And then we had another biological kid who is 18. So they're really those first three, there's two years between those three kids. So you can imagine those early years, you know, like feeding them the high chair with the same spoon. And oh my gosh. Talk struggle. about multitasking, right? I needed you then. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then we have a big gap and we adopted another one from Korea and his name is nickname is mango and he's eight. So uh, I get a second chance at things, right? So I get to reflect what I did well and what I can maybe improve on. So that's my family. I now homeschool. I homeschool all of them and um, never thought I would be in that uh, realm at all. But it's turned out to be such a blessing for my family and, um, you know, just so much freedom in that. And then um, I am a spellers practitioner. And so I just help um, people who don't talk like you and I. You can't have a fluid conversation, get their um, thoughts and hopes and dreams out by communicating on a letter board, or it transfers to typing eventually. So I have just a small practice because, you know, I am still homeschooling. So I have a small practice and specialize in the Down syndrome population. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, tell me a little bit, how, how did you even find out about Speller's Method? And, you know, tell me kind of your progression of how you learned about it and how you started getting involved with it. Yeah, I, there was an email of all things in my inbox and it, I just caught my attention and I opened it up. It was a video. This was about two and a half years ago. And it was of his son with autism, about the same age as my son at that time, 18. And he was typing to his dad and he was flapping and kind of making, you know, the noises and, 
And then he typed to his dad, dad, thank you for getting out of my prison of silence. And I'm like, what? Like it, it just was, had such a profound effect. So it was about an hour interview and I'll just never forget that. And the lady that was interviewed was a practitioner and is a practitioner. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to that lady. <laughs> what's her name? And what's this called? So I started researching that night. And then um, I had a Zoom with her the next day. And uh, there were no people with Down syndrome doing it. So I really didn't know if it was going to work. But I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm going to drive to California. I tested my son. Like, I don't even know if he knows his letters. And I tested him and put out letters in front of him. And he got 75% wrong. He couldn't point to the right letters, but like something in me, like I didn't care. Like I said, I'm just going to do it because that kid just struck me that he was saying the prison of silence. I'm like, I wonder if there's more in Brady than, you know, I really know. And so, um, and then I told my husband after all this, after I booked the VRBO, <laughs> after I said, Hey, I'm going to California. There were no practitioners in Phoenix. And I mean, he thought I was crazy, but he's really good to me. So he's like, okay. And, um, and then, you know, the first lesson Brady was um, getting to the letters. It's because he was using a gross motor pattern, very different than just pointing to something, you know, on your table that's flat and uh, showed me that he was uh, very bright. It, it was shocking. I mean, it was just, but the start of it was that video and that kind of prompted me, even though. I didn't know anybody with Down syndrome. There was no proof. And she couldn't really tell me if the people with Down syndrome were doing it or not. She had not had a client with Down syndrome. So um, yeah, he's kind of a trailblazer. And, you know, two and a half years later, he's beginning to type and and communicate like really all of his thoughts. And it's it's feels like a miracle. Like mm. it's just, you know, God put this in front of us and and now I feel like I've got to share this, but it's, it's hard sharing because it's so hard to believe because we believe something for so long, right? Even before our kids were born, we're told certain things about Down syndrome and we accept it, which is great. You know, I, I was at that place. I finally accepted, like, I don't think he's going to ever really talk well. And I just came to that point after literally 18 years of speech therapy mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. What I was really looking for was that communication. You know, I always said, oh my gosh, if he could just speak, he'd be so much higher functioning. But like speaking has nothing to do with cognition. Right. So I should have been saying, and you know, I don't try to go into the guilt phase, but what I should have been doing is I wish my son could communicate fully. And I, I miss that. And I think a lot of us do in that Down syndrome, you know, we're we're really focused on speech, which is great because wouldn't that be wonderful if our kids could speak fluidly and fluently and, and tell us everything. And, but that's not the case for, I would say most. Mm -hmm. And so this is just another way to, you know, get them to communicate, you know, whatever's on their mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that start of the journey was, Oh, I don't know if it's going to work, but I have to try it. I just, and if it doesn't, then fine, you know? So tell me then, Tell our listeners about kind of what was Brady like before and what is he like now? Like, how has that, how has Spellers impacted uh, his ability to communicate? Oh, yeah, that's so huge. You know, it took a while for me to wrap my head and really see that. Um, and I'm going to say this and a lot of the listeners are going to be like, what? What did she just say? But that he doesn't have any cognitive delay. Mm -hmm. And that took 
I mean, he was answering questions on the letter board and he was, um, you know, able to retrieve background knowledge that we'd never taught him, but I thought I never taught him. And it wasn't until he was really talking about his feelings, how his gut feels, uh, going to doctors and say that he's nervous, spelling to the doctors, I'm really nervous when coming to new doctors, these are his words, because all of them think I'm retarded. And um, so he's that every doctor appointment, that's what he spells. It's just so profound. And the doctor's just like, okay, well, obviously you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he's advocating for himself in doctors, his gut, we're working on his gut now and um, long overdue, but that's helped being in this community. I'm realizing so many of the things that I missed, you know, that maybe the autism population are a little more astute. So we're really working on his microbiome and he's advocating and he's telling us, and he's just telling us melatonin is working so well. It's so much better than CBD oil. Okay. Then we'll do melatonin. And now he can tell us what's helping his health. But I think the most significant change is just really the way his being is. He's like, confident I'll never forget when we first started like he just he even sat differently he just looked different because I never talked to him like a baby okay and I was never like that but I know I dumbed down probably my language Mm -hmm. and I was taught just talk short concise things like commands so I was like that. Right. And I never really had a conversation about what was going on because he could never comment back. It's hard to have a conversation when somebody doesn't talk back. Mm-hmm. So that's been the biggest change. Like now I just talk to him like, man, this spelling's so hard. You know, when I first started, I'm like, you know, give me grace. Like I'm spelling all these words wrong. And and he would just laugh. And, and now, you know, we, we, uh, I talked to him, like I talked to my 19 and my 18 year old. And that's still hard though, because, you know, I'm not chasing him around with a letter board all the time. So mm-hmm. I just talk and talk and talk. And then he doesn't need to share back. Like yesterday, he was really dysregulated. And I said, I know, buddy, your, you know, your gut is, it's so messed up right now. And that's going to impact your regulation, but I know it's going to get better. And, and then he spelled out, I'm so stressed about my body and my gut. So then we could talk, I could talk and share and, you know, I never knew what he was really thinking before. And I, I didn't know he had the capacity to think the way he's thinking, but he's just, he's more engaged. Oh my gosh. He, he, he's um, spelled out that he's free now, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a freedom, like it is breaking out of a prison of silence for him. It was. And so just his demeanor, he's much more engaged in life. He has hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing, the yeah. the hope thing. And that's what we're trying to spread is, you know, my son could never demonstrate knowledge. He just couldn't. He couldn't point reliably. That's part of apraxia. He couldn't show. I didn't think he knew numbers past eight. I did so many different programs in reading, but I felt it never applied. Like he could do the flashcards, I think, like, because the speech is so severe. I think he said that word. But then I'd get a book out and it never seemed to transfer. So I was stuck with him and I homeschooled, right? But he was reading the whole time, but it didn't look like it. Mm -hmm. So I think I always try to tell parents like understanding, it doesn't have a look. That is so confusing, right? Like, so I tell Brady to do a two-step direction. He'll go right past his shoes. Well, that's, that's what apraxia is. He knows the command, but he actually can't get his body 
to actually pick up the shoes or, you know, pick, go pick out a shirt. He'll just walk right past it because his body won't stop. So, and he's able to really tell us what's going on with his body. And he's always saying, he spelled recently, he likes Shakespeare. I mean, this is how crazy it is. Like I was always going to the children's, I did for 18 years, children's library. I love picture books. Their language is beautiful. So at least it has that going for it. But that's what we did for 18 years because I read to him every night. And um, well, now he's like, he says, I want to read Shakespeare. I'm like, okay so my husband reads Shakespeare to him every night and so he recently spelled rue r-u-e to this darn apraxic body of mine you know that's so he talks Shakespearean sometimes on the letter boards and it's just like oh my word it's we've totally changed as a family right we we now talk to him like we should have talked to him Um, And, you know, the least dangerous assumption is just assume that they're understanding everything. There's no harm that they don't. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but it took a while. And I remember my daughter's birthday cards the first time um, when he turned 19. So he was spelling by now. And usually we would say, dear Brady, happy birthday. You are so special. We love you. Kind of like that. Right. Mm Because I try to have him read it. Well, I took a picture of the birthday cards that my daughters wrote to him the year after. And it's like two pages mm-hmm. of just writing. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you must have felt so just reading their words and, you know, just like you would any, any person. Mm-hmm. So just our perception obviously has changed. And so we're treating him differently and um, treating him like any 19 year old that has apraxia that's Mm -hmm. so confusing it's so Mm -hmm. confusing yeah Yeah. one of the things that jumps out to me because I really am trying to get my daughter to be able to advocate for her own health right like when Mm -hmm. we're at the doctor Casey can you explain what's going on you know that kind of thing and I think that that is a really critical component of of independence of being able to express what's happening in your body and in your mind and your heart but uh, but at least in your body, right? So that you can get the healthcare that you need. So I think that that's fabulous that he's been able to do that. And among so many other things, it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. That's been a game changer. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, mom, grains bloat my stomach. My stomach feels like a balloon. I'm like, Oh, right now, right now, just because his gut is so compromised. Yeah. That's that is Angela. That's yeah. huge, right? Yeah, I think there's so much that like, if they can't so communicate that to you, know. we can't know what's happening in their body mm-hmm. and make them feel better. And you know, that kind of thing. So I think that's mm-hmm. fabulous. But I think too, I think it would be helpful to, for our listeners, if you could go back and just explain the spellers method, we've talked about how awesome it has been for your family and for Brady, but help the listeners understand kind of the process, like what actually is all happening during the spellers method that helps them get to this point yeah so you start the we have letter boards and they're stencils so you use the gross motor of your arm and your shoulder and so um, we have the alphabet split into thirds so they're bigger targets and um, and so they're pointing through with the pencil and if they can't use a pencil use a finger uh, through the letter so they're using gross motor 
And as a practitioner, I'm basically like, seriously, like an OT coach. So I'm coaching their motor because that's where the breakdown is Mm -hmm. in Down syndrome. And even if they're talking beautifully, we, we are still seeing apraxia in our population. Mm -hmm. And so, so uh, maybe explain exactly what apraxia is. Cause you know, I do feel like some people may not be totally familiar with that. Yeah. So I, some people may have heard speech apraxia, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's just not being able to get all the words out, but um, global apraxia impacts the vision. We're finding that in the Down syndrome population, all my clients have ocular apraxia, every mm-hmm. single one. So that's where they can't get their eyes where they want them to get it. They know where they want to look, but they can't get it there or they can't hold it there. Right. And then another part is your body has apraxia. So it's basically a brain body disconnect. They're hearing everything in their brain. They're knowing that I'm not a dog barking. Then they're processing it in the, you know, Broca's area. They do have expressive language, but the breakdown is the speech, which is on that motor strip and their body. So the reason why my son couldn't point to the letters on the, when I tested him first, and I just asked him to point, he was using fine motor pointing is all fine motor. And he can't get his body to get to where he wants it to. And so there's a breakdown in the brain. And so we never think about that. Like all assessments require motor, Mm -hmm. every single one of them. You know, his IQ was tested immeasurable. I mean, he's brilliant, by the way, but it was immeasurable before we did spellers because he, what couldn't he do? He couldn't point reliably. I never even knew that was a thing, right? Or he has unreliable speech. Like sometimes he'll say yes when he means no and he'll say things, but he then he'll spell. I didn't really mean to say that. Don't listen to my mouth. He'll actually spell me that. I'm like, okay. So um, all these spellers are really telling us what apraxia is. So it's a brain body disconnect. And so this method goes around that fine motor part of the brain and it uses gross motor because it's so much easier to coach gross motor than all these little fine motor digits on your fingers. So that's why we start with the gross motor. So they're moving their arm forward, pointing through a letter board. We start with age appropriate lessons. So I might do a lesson on Ben Franklin. I'll read a little bit of a chunk and then Brady, I'll say, Brady, who are we talking about today? And then he'll spell B and then, and then I have to coach his eyes over, 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 over E then. And then I do the other board that has an N and I put it down in front of him. And I may do some initiation prompts for his motor. Go, 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 go. And then, and so we're coaching them. So a lot of parents think, I'm just going to get the boards and put it in front of my kid. And they'll just sit there or they'll just poke, 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 poke. So there's, there's, you know, you need to be trained to be able to do this. You can't just put a letter board in front of a kid and they're going to do it because you've got to know how to coach, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like with any sport, you're going to hire a golf coach or a piano teacher, all that's motor, Mm -hmm. right? So we're coaching the motor. So they start on three boards and then once they're flowing and they don't need as much prompting because it's like they need the training wheels first, we've got to prompt a lot, right? Like go, 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 go up, 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 over, Mm -hmm. over, over. And then once they're pretty fluid and that happened with Brady, that took about three months. Some takes a year, some takes a week. I mean, it depends on how severe their apraxia is. And then we go to a board that has 26 letters, still stencils. So still poking through the letter. And then that's a whole new beast because all the 26 letters, right? Visually, that's very hard when you have ocular apraxia. 
So then again, coaching, coaching, coaching. And then guess what happens? The more they do it, the more practice you do with any motor activity, you get better. So that happened to him. And then we go on a laminate. So now it's just a flat laminate, which is wonderful because you can take it in your purse. And then now he's tapping out the letter, still using gross motor. Okay. So I'm still coaching, mm -hmm. but what happens is something clicks. It's really cool when this happens with your spellers and then, and then it becomes very um, fine motor and they're just sweeping their finger over each letter and very quickly. And so then that's when you can really become an open communicator where you're really talking about like advocating for you at the doctor. So it's a progression. It's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's the most emotional thing I've ever done. I think I've cried more <laughs> doing spellers like it's not for the faint of heart it's very hard mm -hmm. and it was it was not linear for us like mm -hmm. we would go up and then oh we are going in a cul-de-sac oh we're going backwards oh we're going sideways but you know the trajectory is right open yeah. communication but it is a journey and um and some kids can do that much quicker than others but um i am finding with our population of the down syndrome population they tend to be a little bit more apraxic than the autism ones so we have to do a lot of purposeful motor mm -hmm. which just means a lot of exercises that are intentional mm -hmm. you know like 10 squats in a chair most of us if we ask our kid okay go do 10 squats most of the time they can't do that it seems so easy, but you got to really coach their motor. So we talk to his body a lot, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know what apraxia, this resonates with people. So apraxia looks like this. When my son was young, we'd go to the playground. He would just, he'd be the runner. He would run off the playground into the parking lot. I was constantly chasing Brady mm -hmm. everywhere. So I never could really have friends because I'm like meet at the park, but we're not gonna be able to talk right? because he's yeah. running. So that's what it looks like. They're running because they can't stop or they sit in a grocery store and they're dead weight because mm -hmm. they can't initiate. They can't start. That's the first part of apraxia. Mm -hmm. You got to start your body. So it looks like defiance, not motivated. It looks like oppositional defiance disorder. Um, it looks like ADD because they're running off. Um, so it's, it's just so misunderstood and, mm -hmm. and it has been written about, but it hasn't quite, it hasn't infiltrated, right. The mainstream type of doctor. So mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. what we're trying to do. The spellers mm -hmm. organization. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could see my daughter wasn't really a runner, but she would sit or stand and watch, right. She mm. was the observer mm. and, you know, so she wouldn't necessarily like, you know, going. get going. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, initiating. Is yeah. That yeah. Step. I could see it either being someone who doesn't stop or someone who yeah. never gets started. Right. <laughs> Mine's both. <Angela>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sitting in the car when it's 115 degrees in Phoenix. I'm like, I used to say, just get into the car. Well, now I say, I, I talk to his legs and his body and it works every time. Really? Move your body. Yeah. Move your hips over, over, over. And okay. Put your, put your feet on the ledge. Okay. Swing him, swing him. Feel the pressure on your feet. Okay. Move, 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 move. Like I have to talk to his body and guess what? Every time he gets out of the car. Oh, oh it's fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. Because we have a couple people at school and drop off who struggle with that. They struggle yeah. with getting out of the car. Yes. She goes to a, a school for people with intellectual disabilities and they're, you know, some of them have some physical uh, yes. situations too. So that's really fascinating that you talk specifically to like that part of the body. I find that really fascinating. That's awesome. It is fascinating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
And, yeah, what an amazing, like... I know, when I talk to Brady's like, body, this is what he does. No, no. I'm he like, says no, like he literally he says, says no. It. He says and no. Then we, and then I'll get the letter bird out. And you know what he'll spell out? Ignore my mouth. Mm. I'm like, that is so hard because as yeah. a parent for 18 years, I thought I was so intuitive with Brady. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I thought I knew him so well. Uh, no. Yeah. His speech is, un- that's a practice. His speech is unreliable. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so hard. Like when is his speech reliable? When is it not? That's a praxia. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know. So that's why this has been so helpful because if I would have listened as I did for 18 years, his mouth, a lot of it was never true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just. Now, so- do you have like, did a doctor diagnose him with a praxia? Is that something that you figured out? Like how, how would our listeners know if right. they're kid has apraxia you know um yeah so there are there's one ot um in florida that will diagnose she's a doctor mm-hmm. of ot and um she's within the spellers the only people that are really talking about it are in the spellers organization okay because mm-hmm. that's but elizabeth torres is um, a neuroscientist and Mm -hmm. she does understand she calls it the micro movement perspective she has a book on amazon it's very hard to read because it's so heady Mm -hmm. lots of research but she has summaries after every chapter that book is phenomenal of what you can do for basically apraxia i don't know if she says the word apraxia she calls it the micro movement, which is a practice, okay. mm-hmm. um, disability. Okay. So she is starting all the doctors. They're called maps doctors. Um, that's in the autism world. All of them, these doctors know apraxia. Mm. So Dr. Usman out of Illinois, um, Rosenbaum out of California. So these, um, kind of world renowned doctors, they know, um, they're more gut doctors, but the mainstream, so they're not like, mm. you know, they're alternative, I guess I would yes. say. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, but they right, do then. have MD, but most, they've never heard of it. Like oh, our okay. MD doctors don't yeah. acknowledge it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's Cause uh, Casey has a little friend that she's grown up with who was, I don't, I guess she was diagnosed with speech apraxia because mm-hmm. she struggled with that and, and she has overcome that for sure. She's doing great, uh, so which good. is fabulous. Yes, yeah, she's doing great. But, um, so that was the only, that was my only kind of introduction to apraxia generally. So I didn't realize that it could go to the, you know, either. that it could apply to the body. Right. I know that's yeah. been a shocker, yeah. but yeah. these all, all these spellers are communicating what's happening. And so we're like, oh my goodness. So it's kind of been you know, we're, we're just at, at the groundbreaking. I mean, even though like Rosemary Crossley is another one who's talked about this and she's out of Australia. Unfortunately, she just passed away several months ago. I contacted her because her book actually has a chapter on Down syndrome mm-hmm. and she knows that they were never cognitively delayed back in the 1980s and 90s. And she's published a book and it's called Speechless. And, um, And so I called her because I was shocked. I'd never heard anybody claim that. And she said, oh yeah, none of them are. I've been working with them since the 1980s. And I'm like, why haven't I heard of this? Why is this population thinking our kids are delayed cognitively? And she said, she has, it's written in her book why she thinks people just can't accept it. Like we've we've built this structure in our family and um, a lot of them don't want to get uncomfortable assuming like, what if, what if we're really wrong about this? I believe we've been wrong about Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think I've seen too many people now with Down syndrome come into my office showing full cognitive, they're intact cognitively, mm-hmm. but you know, their bodies don't look like it. Oh my gosh. You know, they're singing in the background. My son still sleeps with Mickey mouse, no Minnie mouse. And he still listens to the wiggles and he loves blippy and I don't care. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he can do that. It gives him comfort. He says mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. safety and comfort, but, um, people have talked about this, but it's just, it's not, um, it hasn't, it's so hard to believe that people just think you're a quack or crazy yeah. or lying. So it yeah. hasn't taken off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is hard to believe, honestly, you know, yeah. like it's, it's yeah. You know, without hearing the stories, without seeing it, it, it it's like, cause we have been told since we found out our child has <laughs> down syndrome. Yeah. Right. Even when we were kids, we thought, Oh, those kids are, mm-hmm. we probably said the, you know, the R word at that yeah. time, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. If, if you, if somebody can't demonstrate knowledge, there it is, mm-hmm. then, then they're assumed mm-hmm. to, to be not as intelligent and demonstrating knowledge takes motor. Well, if they have a motor glitch, then they're not going to be able to demonstrate that they can understand. It mm-hmm. just doesn't have a look. Understanding doesn't have a look. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the deaf movement. This is what happened with the deaf population. So I think that's, what's going to happen with the down syndrome. It's going to take a really long time for people to realize, Hey, just because their bodies look like that doesn't mean that they're cognitively delayed, mm-hmm. you know, and it is unbelievable because that's all we believe since we were kids. Right. So it's a total mind shift, a total yeah. mind shift. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very interesting. So, okay. Well, tell me, tell our listeners how, if they want to learn more about Speller's Method, how can they get in touch with you or what should they do first? Yeah. So, um, they can go to my website and it's brandnewday.life. You'll probably put that mm-hmm. somewhere I on the podcast. I will put that in right? the show notes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can, um, reach out for me there. I have a, a very short intake form and then I typically call and just find out. I, I like to do zooms is what I like to do because it's just, because this is so unbelievable and I have videos of my son and I show the process so people can kind of have a better understanding, like what really is this and is this really true? So I have plenty of footage to show this is how we do it and this is what it looks like. And, um, and then I answer any questions. I also kind of share more about apraxia and what that really is. And so the contact form will allow you to get in contact with me and then zoom. And then we can kind of discuss it from there. What's going to be the best, best way to, you know, work together or, um, you know, get you started. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Because you, I guess you have to, like you said, you can't just start with a letter board. So there has to be some sort of learning on the parents level. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the Mm -hmm. biggest part is like, it would be great if I worked myself out of a job because that's my goal. Like I want people, I want the parents to be the most astute in doing this. So when they come, I, the parents are on the boards, usually by the second or third session, because I want, they need to, they're the ones who need to be communicating with their kids. And then they usually come for an intensive, like a three-day intensive where they'll do two sessions a day. By then they'll know how to do it because they've been on the boards for many Mm -hmm. sessions. And then they go home and then we do Zooms as I coach them. You know, it doesn't have to be weekly, but you know, sometimes people do it every other week, sometimes once a month, but just a follow-up to make sure like you're not doing bad habits or creating loops and, you know, things like that. So interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Good. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll make sure all that gets in the show notes for sure. So awesome. Good. 
All right. Well, so I always like to ask, I, I wrap up all my interviews with this one question uh, because I believe that it's, especially with organizing, even though we didn't talk about organizing all that no. much, but we talked a lot about uh, being a special needs parent, which is just as, as important. But I believe that uh, organizing can be a way to reclaim what it is that we all need. So is there anything that you are trying to reclaim these days? Well, it kind of has to do with Brady and his spelling. So all of us, my two daughters and my husband and I are all spelling with Brady because we each new speller is a new dance partner. So they have to start over. So even though I'm very open with Brady, I'm the only one right now because he had a lot of hiccups. None of them started right away, but now they're all on the boards. He's just emerging, openly communicating with my husband. But so that's four of us spelling. And so that's a lot. Like what lesson did you do? And it, it was a little bit chaotic. Like what it, we don't want to repeat lessons for him. So we have, you can see that. In the back, we have an organizer. And so each one has their slot to put their lessons in. And then the ones that are done, we put up top. But like, it sounds so simple, but like, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> created so much less stress and like, who's doing what and who stopped when. And, and so now you just have your own lesson. We have that slot there for each of us to put our lessons in that we're doing with Brady. And so he's not repeated. So that's been really, really nice. And another thing is I have a day timer. I'm old school. So I have a day timer <laughs> in our kitchen for Brady. I should have asked him if this is okay to share, but anyway, um, you know, poop is really important in our kids. I bet you <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. yeah. So we record like, I'm like, I need to know, has yeah. he pooed every day? What's the consistency? And so everybody knows that's his journal. And we write down, sorry, Brady, I hope you're okay with this. He's going to kill me. <laughs> anyway, it might help someone, but that's how we know, because, you know, yeah. I'm not always them. It might be one of my daughters or my husband. And I need to, especially right now we're working on his gut to make sure you know, the poop is flowing. So we have a day timer for that. So that feels a little bit better. That's so awesome though. I mean, it's so, I mean, isn't it crazy how just like simple things like your, um, your binder system or, you know, your wall yeah. system behind you that holds the, you know, lessons or just having literally a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be, you know, yeah. it could be a spiral notebook. It could be anything, but something that can record because you think you're going to remember, but you don't, you know? And so having that information and gathering information, especially when it comes to our health, I totally believe that we need to be taking more notes about our health and our body so that we can understand it better. But I think that, that those simple things like can be really monumental in how they help us, you know? So I think yeah, that's less awesome. stress, right? Yeah. Right. Less stress, which is what we're all trying to achieve. Right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you have your podcast. Exactly. So exactly. Get more yes. organized and yes. less stress, less exactly. chaos. Right. Yeah. Right. I just really, I do. I want people to, I want parents to be able to, um, spend more time thinking about what they want to think about their kids mm -hmm. and how to have fun with them and how to help them learn and not, be stressing over the, you know, the, the floor in their entryway, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. yeah. So if, if I can help with that, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is so informative and 
really fascinating. And I hope that it, um, I hope that it inspires some of our parents to contact you and just to learn more about it. And maybe we can help our kids with Down syndrome just start to, you know, ex- be able to express themselves and communicate with us better in the way that they right. can. Right. Yeah. And just have hope. And that's right. what it's, our theme is hope, right? Yeah. There is hope for, and, and it doesn't matter if you think your kid is just so profoundly delayed, like get rid of that, you know, like mm-hmm. have hope and, you know, reach out and I am more than happy to talk, but that, you know, Brady says he wants to free his people. He is, well, he spelled that Mm -hmm. and that's his mission in life is to free his people out of the nest because they're trapped, Mm. right? A lot of them, you know, and, and I just remember thinking this might resonate with some of your parents, but I know there's so much in Brady. I know he understands so much, but I, but then I couldn't get it out, right? Like I tried so many different things, but I knew he understand more than he could show. I know every one of us knows that in our gut, our kid knows way more, but we push it under the carpet. At least I did. I'm speaking for myself, push it under the carpet. It's fleeting because it's like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So then you just keep giving, I kept giving up, giving up, giving up, right? Because I would just push it under the carpet because of what we've been told. But like, there's so much hope. Our kids are so capable. And I remember, you know, having uh, seen kids like, oh my gosh, that kid's so high functioning. If my kid had only talk or if my kid's body could only move that way, but they all are. Mm-hmm. It's just that apraxia that's impacting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I hope this gets the word out. So yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, Darcy. I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Angela. So I haven't done a two minute takeaway in quite a few episodes just because time has escaped me quite a bit the last few months, but I felt like it was really important that I do one for this episode because there were so many good nuggets of information that I think we need to remember. Number one, I loved her comment that understanding doesn't necessarily have a look. We really sometimes can't tell if our kids are understanding what's happening or not. There are so many times where I have thought that my daughter was not paying attention. And then a few days later, she repeats back the exact same things that we were saying at that time. So just understanding that understanding doesn't have a look. Knowledge doesn't have a look. Number two, I think that it is really insightful of her to consider that there may be this physical rather than a cognitive reason that our kids are not necessarily able to communicate with us. And being able to start to separate those out, I think is going to be helpful moving forward as we start to unlock the understanding that our kids have and being able to separate that ability to move our bodies and the ability to understand what's happening. Because a lot of our testing and a lot of our ability to determine that is still using fine motor skills. It's still using our physical abilities. And I just thought that that was really important. So I thought those two takeaways were really important. And I know one thing that I have learned from this episode is the the opportunity to speak to my daughter's body when she has trouble moving her body. I've noticed there are certain times of the day and certain situations where 
she just sits there and I have started to say, hey, let's stand up, move your legs, stretch your right leg, stretch your left leg, and let's walk through the door. And I've noticed that that has helped her. And so I'm going to keep doing that. I appreciate the knowledge that I've gained from this episode and I hope it has helped you too. All right. Uh, I hope you get to go out and reclaim what it is that you need this week and we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in today. If you liked what you heard, please consider liking, sharing, following this show so that other special needs moms can find it too. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And while you're there, please feel free to leave a review. I would love to hear your thoughts on this podcast so that I can keep improving and so that other special needs moms can find it too and start to reclaim what they need in their life. Thanks again.